0: Praise the Lord tonight, hallelujah. Welcome to, to Bible study this evening. The Lord may be praised. Um, it's a good evening and a good day today, and we're all gathered together again for Bible study. Welcome, everyone. It's a delight in the Lord that we're here again this evening. By the grace of God. All right, let's pray. Father, we thank you this evening. We go again in your word. Open our eyes. Open our hearts. Be glorified. Show us your will. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Um, we are opening our Bibles again to, to Romans chapter 13. Hallelujah! We're making progress. Romans 13. We're going to be studying from Romans 13. Um, but before we go into Romans 13 tonight, I believe you've we've all understood um, to a great detail the the teaching of Romans 12. What a wonderful time in the lord wonderful teaching we had we see the will of the lord in um, in dealing with ourselves in the church how we ought to behave ourselves you know paul was telling timothy he said i write these things to you that thou or to know how to behave yourselves in the church of the living God, which is the ground and the pillar of what? Of the truth. So the church is the ground and pillar of truth. And so we've seen how to work in love one toward another and how to be steadfast in praying and how to be hospitable, how to rejoice, not to recompense evil for evil how we ought to generally behave one with another in the fear of the Lord. Now also the Apostle Paul goes a step further to further talk about a very sensitive and important aspect of our earthly work and earthly dealing and in Romans 13, the Lord began to reveal to us our relationship with the governing authority. Romans 13, one to seven talks about the Christian relationship with the civil authority or the government, very important. How does God expect us to behave? What is the will of God for us as Christians, vis-a-vis the government of the day? What should be our attitude? What should be our, our position? How should we relate? What should we expect? How how do we shine? How do we pattern ourselves in relation to the government, government policies, government establishment, and the running of the state or the nation Generally, and this topic is quite sensitive and in studying there are a whole lot of views as to how to relate to government. But tonight we will just look at the word of God and take our cue from the Holy Scriptures. Now, the thought that the Apostle Paul reeled out in Romans 13:1 to 7, you will find an identical instruction or injunction in First Peter chapter 2 from verse 3. The same thought the Apostle Paul wrote to the church at Rome the apostle Peter also gave word of the Lord along this line. So you find the same thought in First Peter 2 verses, um, from verse 13 through to verse 20 in particular. You also find the same thought in Titus chapter 3, verses one in particular, Titus three, verse one. You also find the same thought in first Timothy two, verses one through three. And in all these scriptures that I've highlighted and enumerated, the Lord is telling us how to relate to government authorities Now, before I go into a little detail tonight, I would like to give us a little background to this thought. The time that Apostle Paul wrote to the church in Rome was almost the same time he wrote to Titus and the apostle Peter also wrote, they were writing to almost the same audience, um, the same time in history. And at this time in history, all the world were under the rulership of the, the Roman Empire. And the two Emperors that ruled in the lifetime of the Apostle Paul and the Apostle Peter. And in this time frame were Emperor Claudius and Emperor Nero. These were the two emperors under which this scripture was written. And if you are a student of biblical history, you will know that the two emperors were not um, were not favorably disposed to the populace. Not to even mention the Christians. It is under these emperors that the Lord spoke to us as to how we ought to relate. You know, if I ask you right now how to relate to a ruler like Idi Ami of Uganda, to a ruler like Adolf Hitler, a ruler like Abacha or any any villain or, or a wicked king. You know, you will have different opinions that no, we can't, we must fight against. But interesting that the will of the Lord is for us to obey civil authorities. Now, let me give you this. When the Apostle Paul wrote to the church in Rome and Peter wrote to the, to the believers in the Roman Empire, if you read Peter, he says, to the church in Bithynia and and all that, they were all, all under the great Roman Empire. The Christians were already heavily persecuted. The Christians were already heavily ostracized. They were already being marked out because Believers don't go to the clubs that they go to. Believers don't worship the gods they worship. Believers don't visit the shrines they visit. Believers don't go to the sports they go to. Believers have set themselves aside unto Christ. So already, there's already a type of stigmatization of the church. And attempts were already made to blame the Christians for everything going wrong in the system. And so the Apostle Paul wrote to the church to be subject and obedient to the authorities. Don't be overtly confrontational so that we may lead a peaceable and quiet life in all honesty. But one thing also that I want to add to this thought as we go on tonight is that at this time of this scripture, Apostle Peter wrote to the church to submit themselves. Apostle Paul wrote to the church to be obedient. He wrote to Titus. He wrote to to Timothy. At this time, In all this point, the church has been well taught that Jesus Christ is Lord. Hallelujah. So the lordship of Jesus was not controversial. Because at this time in the great Roman Empire, Caesar's are seen as what? As lords. And that's why the popular phrase, Kaiser curious in fact history has it that several church fathers were killed because they refused to say caesar is lord so the lordship of jesus was clearly emphasized the authority of jesus was clearly enumerated so there was no ambiguity on on who The Lord is the church has been fully taught that there is no other God or Lord apart from Christ. Ephesians chapter four, there's one God and one Lord, one baptism, one faith, one God, and one father of us all. So there's no ambiguity on who the Lord is. So as far as the church is concerned, the church that the Apostle Paul was writing to, the church that Apostle Peter was was writing to, and by extension, the church now in our age, Jesus is what? Is Lord. Hallelujah. So when when Apostle Paul says, the subject is not saying, call Caesar Lord. Peter isn't saying to them, See Caesar as Lord. So there's a, there's a clear distinction about who the true Lord is. Now, I, let me give you a few background here. Even in the time of Jesus. Remember when Pilate wanted to sentence Jesus on the charge of Caiaphas and Co. Pilate told Jesus, "Don't you know I have the power to crucify you and let you go?" And he told him that you truly have no power over me apart from the power that God has given you. Wow, Jesus said the supposed wicked Pilate, his power actually was derived from God. You know, when Pilate was even trying to free Jesus, Caiaphas told him, You are no friend to Caesar. And that word startled Pilate. Because Caesar is Lord, Caesar can't be seen to be to be, you know, for anyone to go against. And then Pilate said to Caiaphas and the Jews, Let me release to you the king of the Jews. And all the rulers of Jerusalem replied in one accord and said, We have no king but Caesar. So at this time, Caesar was Caesar, Nero, Caesar, Claudius. These two rulers were not good people at all. Yet, the Lord Jesus made a profound statement that no power is given to man apart from God. Now, let me say this tonight. And I want to give us a biblical position on how the Lord expects of us to live. First and foremost, I want us to know that as believers, we are in this world, but we are not of this world. The understanding of this begins to shape our thinking to rule us. Because the truth is that several rulers in this world, though God ordains and sees who, who rules and who doesn't, they are totally sold to devil. And until we begin to understand the perspective of God, we'll be, we'll be seen agitated, we'll be seen fighting, we'll be seen worrying And we'll do less praying and less commitment to authority. Philippians 3.20 says, For our citizenship is where in heaven, whence we look forward to the coming of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. So where are we from? we are really from heaven. So every believer is passing through this earth for a transit. And so we must not lose sight of that. These are these, our dealing or relating with earthly government or earthly authority. Now, let me read to us a few scripture. And let this serve as a foundation for what we're going to be reading after now, Romans thirteen. You see, in John chapter chapter nineteen, let's turn there. We're going to read tonight a few scripture. John nineteen. John nineteen. We'll read verses ten. And 11, John 19, I read, Then said Pilate unto him, Speakest thou not unto me, knowest thou not that I have power to crucify thee, and have power to release thee? Then Jesus answered, Thou couldst have no power at all against me, except it were given thee from above. So it means, even the wicked Pilate did not derive his authority by himself. His authority is derived from who? From God. Please, let's understand this. Now, if it is from God, it means this earth is going according to the plan of God. And that's the reason we mustn't expect too much from government officials. Hallelujah. Everything in this world is going according to the plan of God, including Pharaoh. Now, remember the story of Pharaoh in Egypt? Before Pharaoh was born, 400 years before he was born, the prophecy came that God's children will be enslaved in Egypt. The prophecy came 400 years before. And it happened. The Pharaoh that did that didn't even know anything about it. He thought he was acting according to the laws of what? Of Pharaoh's. But he didn't know that he was acting actually the script of God. You know, it's interesting that some of have been fighting Buari, But eventually, he has acted the script of God. And the church must know this, because until we know this, we will not be able to detach ourselves. But please, follow me, and, and, and you'll get the balance of this teaching at the end of this class today. So we see the sovereign rule of God over His world. Now, could you talk me this this evening to Isaiah chapter 10, everybody? Isaiah chapter 10. Hallelujah. Isaiah chapter 10. We'll read from verse 15. Isaiah 10, verse 15. Let me get it quickly. All right. From verse 15. Sorry, right up as I 10 from verse 5, as I 10 5. Isaiah 10 5. That's what I'm going to actually. Now listen carefully, Isaiah 10, verse 5. Please follow me because Paul is saying, be subject to all authority on the earth. Peter said, Be subject to authority. Now we're we'll going to read that, but let's get a background. See what it says. Oh Assyria, Isaiah 10, verse 5. The rod of mine anger, said the Lord. And the staff in their, in their hand is mine indignation. Now, follow me. Assyria is punishing Jerusalem, but God is saying that Assyria is what? A rod of indignation in the hand of God. Verse 6, hear you know what it said? I will send him against a hypocritical nation and against the people of my wrath. Will I give him charge? Hold on to take the spoil and to take the prey and to tread them down like the mire of the streets. Verse seven. However, he meant not so; neither doth his heart think so. But it is in his heart to destroy and cut off the cut of nations, not a few. Interesting. That means God is saying, actually, it's not a serious intention. It is not the purpose of the king of Assyria. Yet, Assyria meant it. So God is saying, over everything that happens on the earth, I am watching over it. I am bringing my plans to bear. And my children must look in right perspective. And not put their trust on man. And not put their trust on ethnic king for no ethnic king or like, no government, no democracy, no communism, no socialism, no theocracy, no, no, no kind of government institution will actually bring peace to man because the heart of man is wicked desperately, and who can know it? And and the king among men is not different from man. In fact. When the first king in Israel was to be chosen, God revealed to them the nature of human kings. He said, This king, Saul, and any other king that you shall choose shall enslave your children. That is the nature of man. So, folks, let no Christian ever expect anything so grandiose from man. Let no believer ever expect peace from a ruler, but let our expectation of peace be in Christ and in Christ alone. It says says your king shall deal with you like every other king in the world. They will enslave you. They will cause your children to run before their chariots and behind their chariots. They will enslave them, and they will take and plunder your people and the things that belong to them, they will take for themselves and their children alone. Isn't that amazing that what the Lord said thousands of years ago, Is still happening today with everyone that comes to government in the world. Therefore, let the church not expect any king on the earth to bring peace on the earth. In fact, when we say, yeah, peace, peace, there will be destruction. So, in interpreting this scripture, you know, today I've taken time to pray and search my heart. The Lord said, see me above all things and that will guide the perspective of your heart as regards how to deal with government authorities amen tonight acts chapter four everybody quickly there tonight acts four let's run tonight Acts four let's read verse 26 and 27 of acts four i read quickly for time's sake when the people arrested the disciples and commanded them not to preach, this was their prayer. Acts four twenty six: The kings of the earth stood up, and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ. For of a truth against thy holy child Jesus, whom thou hast anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, with the Gentiles and the people of Israel, were gathered together. 28. We are going to for to do whatsoever thine hand and thy counsel what predetermined before to be done. So 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 Pilate and Caiaphas were actually doing exactly what God and what had predetermined to be done on the earth. Hallelujah. No wonder Caiaphas told them, he said, don't you know that it's better for one man to die for the sins of the whole nation than for the whole nation to die for one man's sake. No, the Bible says, and Christ came to die for the sins of the whole world. So, you see, in dealing with world government, we must must begin to manage our expectations as believers. Though we are in this world, we are not of this world. John 3, quickly tonight, John 3, we read verses 26 and 27 of John 3. John 3, 26, 27. Hear what John said. And they came unto John the Baptist and said unto him, Rabbi, he that was with thee beyond Jordan, that is Jesus Christ, to whom thou bearest witness, behold, the same baptized and all men come to him. Verse 27, John answered and said, here is the reply. A man can receive nothing except it be given to him from above. Now, John was talking about someone who is commanding authority and people are following him. You see, you see, the thought John said, no, don't go. He has no, he says, a man can receive nothing except it be given to him of the Lord. That means no, no ruler rules on the earth without the knowledge of God. That means this earth is the Lord's and His fullness thereof. The whole earth and everyone that dwells in it, including those in what? In government. But in perspective as a believer, we must live with this mindset that God is in charge of this world. This world is going somewhere, and it must play out according to the plan of God. And God will plant men and use men to bring about his will, his purpose, and his counsel till the world comes to an end. Psalm 75, verse 7. Psalm 75, verse 7. Psalm 75, verse 7. I read, He said, but God is the judge. He put it down one and set it up another. This tells us the involvement of God in the affairs of man. This tells the church the involvement of God in the affairs of man. So if God is involved, in setting up one and bringing down another, then we must live in that perspective knowing fully well the purpose and the plan of God. God's word is rolling according to the plan of God and God will use men to fulfill his counsel for peace and tranquility for whatever things happen on the earth to the glory of his matchless name. So let the church cease to expect a messiah in the world today. Let the church cease to expect the UN or, 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 or the western democracies to think well of, 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 of anyone. Kings by nature think about themselves. And so we must understand and put our trust in God. In God. Now I said all that I said is tonight, that I we turn our Bibles to Romans 13, from verse 1. And Paul says, let every soul be subject unto higher powers. For there is no power but of God. The powers that be ye are ordained of God. Simple. Hallelujah. So for us, we see that way. God is using them to walk out His will. Our position should align with God. We should see this thing through the prism of the eyes of God. What is the Lord trying to do? What is God trying to say with this with this wicked leader or with this kind-hearted leader? Hallelujah! Whosoever, therefore, resisted the powers resisted the ordinance of god and they that resist shall receive to themselves damnation for rulers are not a terror to good works but to to evil will thou then not be afraid of the power do that which is good and thou shall have praise of sin for he is a minister of god to thee for good but if thou do not that that which is evil be afraid, for he beareth not the sword in vain. For he is a minister of God, a revenger to execute wrath upon them that doeth evil. Wherefore, he must be, he, he must needs be subject not only for wrath, but also for conscience sake. For this cause, pay tribute also for their God's ministers, attending continually unto this very thing. Render therefore to all their dues, tribute to whom tribute is due, custom to whom custom is due, fear to whom fear is due, and honor to whom honor is due. Now, when we look at this in the context of the apostle Paul writing in the in the way of Nero, God is saying to the church, be obedience. to the instructions of the government. Don't fight the government. Don't, don't attack the government. Now, when you look at this scripture very carefully, the only grounds at this time where The church had to resist the government is when it comes to the emperor worship. Because no believer at this time calls the emperor Lord. The church has been well taught that Jesus is Lord. And so there's a clear-cut dichotomy between obeying the authority in line with their policies, but drawing a line when the policies actually contravene the law, the will, and the worship of God. Let's be very careful tonight. We are called to pay our taxes, we are called to pay our, our dues. No believer should, should circumvent his taxes. No believer should not pay, you know, these views. pay your bills. Don't circumvent your water bill, your bill for utility, your bill for refuse. Pay your contribution in in the neighborhood. Don't be the one that abstains from anything that is generally agreed for the betterment of the society. God wants the church to be an example. But when it comes to the place of the worship of God, where kings of the earth wants to be worshiped, we've been told expressly that we must serve and worship God only. But when it comes to every other earthly obligation, sometimes the leaders may be wicked, in fact, Pilate at the point wanted to free Jesus, even though he was a wicked person. God will actually judge them in those regards. You know, the king in Pasha by the name Ahasuerus, There was a day he couldn't sleep, and he called for the owners, I mean the keepers of the honors to come and start reading to him all the journals, all the honors of the land. And as we're reading, he heard that someone by name Mordecai did something for the kingdom and he asked, have they done anything good for him? This king was not a good man, but at some instant, is he, capable of doing something good. Sometimes the kings of the earth might do some good things, might do some bad things. God is not saying to us to disobey them based on what good or bad they do. Hallelujah. We are told to, to, to honor, respect, and, 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 be, and be civil in our dealings as believers. But when it comes to the worship of God, we stand our ground. Now, as we read through this scripture, I come to an interesting point. That the essence of these treaties is to get believers to be law-abiding citizens. You know, some are not ask me at the point is it right for a believer to protest against bad government policies? Is it right for us to carry placards and walk on the street and fight against government? Well, in all honesty from scriptures, we're not told to carry placards against government. Hallelujah. As difficult as that may seem. Personally, I'm feeling it. But I will not choose to obey the word of the Lord than to to go with my my feelings and my emotions. God is saying to us, through everything that is happening on the earth, his will is being played out. And his ways are not our ways. Neither his thoughts, are our thoughts. As high as the heavens are above the earth, so are his ways far from us and his thoughts far from us. The kings and our rulers may think they are doing they are, they are doing awesome, but, but, but they might not know. What God actually is doing. The church might see some things as, as though we, we are being victimized, but we might not fully know what the Lord is doing. What also we should do is to obey. So, these talks then about being law abiding in our dispositions to the things of God. Now, earlier on, I said to us, at what instance? should we begin to consider certain laws and policies? From scripture, I found out that whenever people in authority give certain rules that contravene the word of God, people have rebelled, not rebelled down, people have stood their grounds, not against the king, or against the rulers, but against the policies that issued. For instance, in Exodus 1, verse 17, when Pharaoh gave instruction that every Hebrew child would be killed, every male child, there were these two women who refused to further instruction of Pharaoh. Even though God says we should listen to our authorities, Why this time, he's sending them to kill innocent children. And this woman says, no, and guess what, in fact, 21, 21 say, and the Lord gave them homes for obeying him. Now, in this instance, when the authority takes decisions and policies that directly contravene the will of God, we, we should say no, not in fighting the authority, but in disagreeing this, this, this humbly with the policies that have gone Contrary to the will of God. And in such instances, we must be ready to face the penalty. Hallelujah. Every time things like this happen, we must stand with the Lord and be ready to face what? The penalty. But when policies are made generally that affects the economy, that affects the polity, that affects this, the Bible didn't call us to go and start protesting. says we should we should we should submit ourselves and pray for the authority why because in the in the governments of this world is actually the hand of god first kings 18 verses 14 through 16 we find when they have get instruction that nobody must eat in the land Include all the prophets. What is a man called Obadiah? He took prophets and hid them in caves and fed them in the morning and fed them when in the evening with bread and water. Now the king gave instruction to, 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 to serve every, everyone, including the prophets of God. But see, in the mind of God, those prophets have a plan in in Islam, and therefore, Obadiah did not obey that instruction, and God justified him. Why? Because the instruction goes directly contrary to the word and the will of God. It wasn't an economic policy or a political decision. It was was given to affect the purpose and the plan of God. And yet, because God is the one in charge of his world, these prophets have the good, and that was why, when, when, when Elijah told God, I am the only one left, and because God knew that very soon, Elijah will have behaved. So God was preserving for himself 7,000 that will continue the mission where Elijah lives. And therefore, any policy of government that goes against the word and the will of God, we can, we can resist or rather stand in opposition against those policies, but not against the rulers. Daniel 6 verse 10. Remember Daniel. Daniel was a prominent priest in the land. And Daniel was among the policy doctors of Babylon. But guess what? Certain elements in the kingdom wanted to get at Daniel because of his service to God. You see now, that's the that's the grounds on which on which we can we, we can stand with the Lord. But as you do that, when we must be ready for what the consequence. They said, oh King, sign a decree that nobody prays to the God of heaven. Now that is directly contrary to the will of God. What did Daniel do? When Daniel heard that decree, in fact, he now opened his window and prayed three times a day in obeying the word of God. But you know what happened to him? Because of obedience, he was cast into the lion's den. We know the end of the story. Why did Daniel defy the the decree of the king is because it went directly contrary to the will of God that tells us to pray always. So if one day, the government there says there's no more prayer in churches. Now something is wrong. As for instances, we can rise up and declare and stand for God. And as we stand for God, we'll all be ready for the consequence. Daniel 3, verse 12 to 18, we find the story of the three people boys. The says, says, and the king, gave a, a decree and proclamation that as the, as the dulcimer and the trumpets and the harp is blown across the land of the kingdom of the Persian, everyone must worship and bow down to the image and the statue that has been made of the king. This is... Once again, contrary to the will of God, he says, thou shalt bow to no other God except one, me. You shall not bow to any given image, nor worship any other God. God, our Lord, is one God, and him alone we shall worship, we shall serve. So any king, any human king that says, worship me, or worship a being, outside the God of heaven, then the church can stand their ground and say, no, we will worship the Lord. Hallelujah. This is is, is a difficult place, but this is what the will of God is. Hallelujah. And guess what? Those three children faced the consequence. On the basis of the decision, they were thrown into what? The burning furnace of fire. Hallelujah. Maybe one or two more tonight. In Matthew 2, verse 12, we read of the Magi. They were coming to seek and worship Jesus. And when they came to Jerusalem, they began to inquire, where is born the king of the Jews? And held on her. Hallelujah. And he called for the scribes. Where is he, the king of born. And I told him, Bethlehem frater." And then the might die And I told them, when you find the boy, come and tell me that I may go to the Lord and worship you. But the Lord told them, Don't obey him. Why? Because he was going to to kill the young lad that was coming to serve the world. He was going to kill him before his appointed time. So, any policy of government that goes against the will of God, apart from economical or political, we are meant to resist what is not not, that we resist. We are meant to take a stance for the Lord. But in taking such stance, as at the church, we must be right to face what the consequence. One more tonight as I, as I end with this. Acts 5.29. Acts 5.29. The council in Jerusalem told the apostles, you must not preach anymore in this day. And they locked them up. But God's angel came and opened the prison doors in defiance to the instruction of the earthly king, even though God put them there, but because their judgment was going contrary to that which God is doing in his calendar, hallelujah! He was going and loggerheads ahead with the plan and the purpose of God for everything going on in this earth. God is the one orchestrating them according to his will, and we use man to get his will to be done. Particularly leaders of governments of the world. And when they met them preaching told them, we have warned you not to preach anyone this thing. He said, speak ye of yourselves. Is it good to obey man or to obey God? So God gave instruction, man gave instruction. At this point, God's instruction has to stand. Hallelujah. Generally, in this thought, the idea here is for us to obey and be subject and be, and, be, and be citizens that respect the law of the land. And we must always be aware that our citizenship is not of this earth, but is where in heaven that is what the Bible and churches do. You might be angered by 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 government personalities. You might be angered by, by, by our leaders in politics. You might be angered by what they're doing. Folks, there is no country in the world that have saints as leaders. There is no devil that is better than the other devil. There is no one that is that is that is just than the other. For anyone who is not obeying and is not subject to the will of God is not doing things pertaining to God's land. But generally, the Lord is saying to us, as you saw John in this earth, live peaceably as not mort- as the lies in your power with all men. Now, let me say this. As I begin to close tonight, that the only true time there will be peace on earth is when Christ raised. So every time you see chaos, chaos in government, you see government breaking their promises, government failing the citizenry. When you see insecurity, when you see, you see, you see, you see bad economy, always know that that there's a day in the future. Let that point your heart. to to the coming of the Lord again, a time is coming when the true peace of God will reign on the earth and Christ only is the answer. And let that be actually a token for you to preach the truth to the world that there's a peace coming by Christ. And see, sometimes it's good to know that bad governments sometimes is better than no government. When you have government that maintains the peace is better than when there's anarchy and there's chaos. That's when you'll be looking for bad government just to maintain peace. If I would tell them, take our monies, just make sure that, that we are not killed. That's when you'll be looking for just security and what and safety. It's when everything's going on that say, No, oh, we want water. See, folks. When it's about life and death, even a bad government that gives security is better than no government at all. Therefore, we should pray. Let the chaotic governance of the world not make us outside our elements as believers our true let the world be the ones worrying. Let them ask us, why are you at peace? Why are you not worrying? Tell them there's a better life coming ahead and that life can be found in Christ alone. Lord. Isaiah 9 verse 6, said, "For Unto us a child is born, unto us church a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. The time is coming when the whole world shall be ruled by God in the new kingdom. And it says, he shall be called wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, the prince of peace. There can be no peace on earth until Christ comes back. And of the increase of his government, there can be no end. That's going to the true peace. i been looking forward. Sometimes when God causes people to, 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 to harm his children, he's trying to call their attention to him being their king. Sometimes for believers, so like us, when we see things go wrong, God is calling our attention to see him as our king, to put our trust in him, to look forward to his coming back. He says, we look forward to the coming of the Lord, our great king and savior. Amen tonight. Let me run and close tonight on this talk. What should Christians do in light of all this? One, pray for the government. Pray for the government before they come and after they are inaugurated. Pray. So, I say, is prayer? That's what I would say, pray. First, 22 from us one. I exalt the that first of all, prayers, supplications, intercessions, and give them be made for all men, for kings, for presidents, and those in authority. You might not like their face, but God pulls down one and exalts the other. The world is going according to the plan of God and we the believers must see this in the light of scripture. So we pray for them. Number two, sometimes because of our civic duties, we should not shy from participating in how leaders are selected. That wouldn't change anything, but because we are praying for a good government, that we may lead a world, a peaceable and quiet life. If we have to participate in selecting a good government, then let the church participate and act and play their part. So let's not all stay on the free and say, well, since God is doing things, thing, let, let, let it go away. No, God will also use us. Do you know that in Genesis 15, our time is up to, like I'll read a scripture. When the sold Joseph to Egypt, It was the brethren that did the selling, But it was God that was working out the selling. God might be choosing the leaders for the nation, but he will use humans to do the picking. When Saul was to be chosen, Samuel was the one that did the picking. When when they were to be chosen, um, 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 Samuel did the picking. When Samuel died, Nathan took over. For every time in history, God is involved in picking men, and for our time as believers, should we sit aloof and, and say, I'm not voting? No, that will not be in line with God's word. God will have us as we pray. Guess what? Also, what? Participate. Perhaps peradventure, but we don't put our trust in them. But if our, if our decision will cause us to leave a people and choose somebody who is sane and cerebral, then so let's go. Amen. So let's participate in the choice of leadership. Three, let's preach Christ through the governments of the world, either as failing governments or as government of the world succeeding. Let's use that to preach Christ because what God is doing is to draw men's attention to him. That's what he did. Guess what? In Egypt, he caused them to be so punished that they might turn to him and not feel comfortable anymore in the world. Let's be in the world. Do not put a close. As I read Titus chapter, chapter 3, verse 1. God says, put them in remembrance. Put them in mind. Do not put it in mind to obey principalities. It means leaders and powers and, and rulers, to obey magistrates, to be ready to do every good work. Folks, God expects us to be obedient, law-abiding, don't break rules, don't sound traffic lights, don't, 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 don't litter the environment, don't throw trash off your, your, your door, don't, don't cause noise pollution, be an example of the believer let christ be seen in you let's begin to show the world what heaven will look like in our own little corners in our homes let's 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 exemplify the kingdom rulership of christ by being peaceful hallelujah for god's kingdom is not what in meat and drink but what righteousness Peace and joy. Let's to show that in our own sphere, in our in our place of work. Let's let exude righteousness. Let's exude peace and what? And joy. For that is the hallmark of the kingdom of our God. Our citizenship is in heaven. So I say, Pastor, are you not saying that we should be docile and light body? No. Don't be docile. Keep following God's word. Be obedient. Pay your taxes. Pay your bills and let Christ reflect in you. Don't forget this, that no one has power on this earth except God gives. And if God gives, then God has something in mind. Let's begin to view what government in the view and in the mirror of what God is doing with this world before the world falls off in the last time. Let us pray. But I will thank you tonight. We give you praise. Help us. Lord, help our hearts be conditioned to your word. And keep us in the peace of the spirit. Lord, pray tonight for the government of our nation. Lord, help them. Lord, bring to pass your will. Let your church be strengthened. May we know your intent and purposes for every face we find ourselves in this world. Lord, help us to know that there's no peace anywhere in the world apart from you. Lord, by the chaos of, the, of, of man's blood on earth to the Lord, let our attention be turned to you. Let the church focus more on you, O oh God, and live as examples in this world. We say, come, Lord Jesus. Come, Lord, quickly. And redeem your own that we may know true peace true joy and true relationship that comes from you alone thank you father amen praise amen. god tonight god bless you all we want to see you again our time is up tonight we'll to see you next tuesday as we continue in our study i know this topic is quite controversial but really there is nothing controversial about it as, as what God has said, let's keep to scriptures and follow God's word. God bless you tonight. We'll see you again by God's grace. Good night, folks. God bless you. Amen.